I didn't want to leave you out, so uh, you ready? I'm not feeling too good. And I said, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm ready, I'm ready, which, which I, uh, I am. But this was just new to me being prepared. And, and it's hard to imagine how a pastor has to do this every week, Wednesdays, Sundays, uh, twice on Sundays. That's like a full-time job. <laughs> which it is, which it is. Uh, the message is on what's in your well. And it's out of John chapter 4. And uh, the main verse is going to be John chapter 4, verse 14. But another thing I want to say is a lot of times when I bring a message and it hits home and it's what happened in my life. And I don't want you all to think that maybe I'm tooting somebody's horn for what they did for me or I'm tooting my horn, but it's just reality how I come to know Jesus Christ. And I think for a testimony, if it's something that that's real to you and you know it happened that way, it can be more of an effect to a person than just faith come by hearing, by hearing the word of God, which is true. But when it comes from you and what you experience with that living water, it just hits home a lot better. So if from time to time I revert back to how I come to know the Lord, it's because I'm seeing myself uh, in this message. So it's... Uh, John chapter 4, verses 14. So if you just stay in uh, John chapter 4, it's about the woman at the well. And I'm sure, uh, uh, no, you don't have to stand. I, I was saying stay in, in uh, John chapter 4. And uh, we're just trying to dissect that, those, four, those 41 verses. Uh, verse 14, but whosoever drinketh, of the water that shall give him, I shall give him, shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water, springing up into eternal life. Let's go to Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, I do thank you for this opportunity to, to bring your word, Lord. And it's about a subject that that played into my life, Lord, and, and it really touched me as I was preparing this message. Well, Lord, I ask you to set a watch before my mouth and, and guard the doors of my lips, that the things that I say would be pleasing to you and be, would be edifying to the ones that are listening. Thank you, Lord, and be with me as I, I bring this message, and may all the glory be to you. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. So, and the, the woman, that, woman in the well, I'm, I think most of us are familiar with it. And I was telling Bob I didn't want to read all 41 uh, verses. So, but I'm going to pick apart a lot of those verses and make a message out of it. We know that there's a woman at the well and Jesus goes to see her. And it's a lot into these 41 verses that's in there that we maybe just kind of overlook. The first one is 
that was a must needs go in verse four. Because Jesus had said in verse 35 that the harvest was ripe. So it was a must need go. Then that was the right route he had to take. Verse nine, because the Samaritans and the Jews didn't get along. Then it had to be a right place. Jacob's well, where both uh, 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 both the um, I lost the word. both the Samaritans and the Jews both respected Jacob, so it had to be the right place, and that's in verse verse five and verse twelve, because the Samaritan woman called him our father. So they both had a common ground meeting place. Then it had to be the right time. That right time was in the heat of the day. Now, most of the time, they're not not going to the well at that time of the day. It's just very hot. But I think that was a reason for that. The second is, there was a woman of questionable character. And so she was there at that time. Around noon time, verse 6. Then in verse 7 and 11, Jesus engages himself socially by drinking, asking a drink from her cup. Now, this is a woman that she's going to meet God, the person who, who created her inward parts and knitted her together in her mother's womb, Psalms 139, verse 13. The one who knew everything she was going to say in Psalms 139, verse 4. The one who knew everything she had done. And that's in verses 18 and 19. The third part of it, this woman brought her empty life to the source of the living water, which is Jesus. She brought her sinful past, the five husbands, and maybe who's her playmate now, to the cleansing source. She brought her hope for the future to the one who knows all about her and loves her enough to quench her thirst. The fourth thing is she thought she could provide him a cup of water in verse 7. She couldn't provide the water. She couldn't provide her husband in verse 17. She couldn't even provide the satisfaction she was needing. She realized she needed what only Jesus Christ could give her. And Jesus offered her a drink from a well that would never run dry, verse 14. See, he was taking what he does not deserve, which is punishment for her sin, so that he can give her what she does not deserve. Salvation, forgiveness, freedom, hope, ability to draw from that well moment by moment, day by day. Suddenly, this insignificant life of this woman became significant. The moment Jesus said, I am the Messiah, verse 26. 
And we could probably only imagine how her face, how she looked when she actually was face to face with the Messiah. Or maybe we can think about today we trusted Jesus Christ. But what was that look on our face? Then this woman with baggage, she's going now running around town gossiping. Verse 28. Now, here is one question we can ask ourselves. Because this is Samaritans and the Jews. Is racial reconciliation possible? Is racial divide, divide possible? Prejudice, is that possible? We look at verse 39. Now, only Samaritans, so, so now other Samaritans, from that gossiping woman, believed on him. Not only that, verse 40 says, when they come unto him, they asked him to stay a few days. Now we see the picture here. First the Jew goes to the Samaritan in verse 4. Now the Samaritan is going to the Jew, verse 40. So what's impossible for man all things are possible for God. Amen. And I think about all these points I just, just went over, and I think about how I come to know the Lord. That was, that was a must need. That was a must needs go to this gym I was at. The harvest was ripe, was ripe, the route, the place was a gym. The time was in the morning when I worked that God had created me. He knew everything about me. And the water that I was trying to give to the person all the time, that person had the water I need. And what I mean about the water is the person that was trying to give me a cup of water by inviting me to church, I'm thinking I'm doing that person some good by giving him some water and going to visit his church. But all the time, he's trying to give me the living water. And when I was, last night, when I was going over my notes and I got a little emotional and my wife's not in here. So I'm the type that try not to show that. But I was by myself upstairs, and I got a little emotional. I said, this is me. Thinking I was doing, I'm giving this person something, and all the time this person has something for me that's everlasting. So that was just something I just, just thought about uh, last night and then earlier this morning. But even then, in verse 6, when Jesus, even though he was weary and tired maybe and probably hungry, verse 6 says, when he offered him some meat to eat, he said his work was not done. He must needs go. And he may have been hungry, but he said, my food is to do God's will 
and finish it, verse 34, because the harvest was ripe. So how often do we put off sharing the gospel? How often do we put off not doing God's, not doing the work in God's kingdom when he's commanded us to seek him first, Matthew 6.33. So where does our must need take us, verse 4? To schools? Wall trips right down the road, and I've made it a, a point to go there. I've got a, and I'm trying to get an appointment with the principal because I went to the school and they told me we could put flyers there. So I took it a step further and asked, uh, what about an after school activity? So the secretary tells me I need to speak with the principal. Then she emailed me back to him, and the principal said to send her a little outline of what you want to do. So I'm thinking, you know, just trying to witness to these kids. I didn't know there was a lot of formality to it. So, and my daughter's telling me, no, the principal has a lot, and you have to word it right. I said, well, just put on there. We're going to, it's it's true talk. And so she said, it's not going to work. We submitted that. Secretary sent it back. She said, you got to get more details. She's going to want more. So I'm going to do that. But that's a must-needs go. Could it be at your job, at the barbershop, nursing homes, or overpass? The church I used to go to, they, they had a sister church in, in New Orleans. And these young guys used to go and preach underneath the bridge. But, but at the gym, that's where my encounter was. At church, there's a lot of opportunities here. So what's keeping us from doing God's will? What's keeping us from must-needs-go? Could it be racial divide? Verse 9, we have no dealing with them. The neighborhood, could it be that? Could it be prejudice, the dress code, economic status, the way they smell, the way they look, the way they come into our church? But Jesus said, I come to break that tension, verse 4. I come to seek and to save that which are lost, Luke 19, 10. Verse 40 and 41, they asked Jesus to stay, and many were saved. You see, this, this, this area has changed a lot. And I call it little, little yuppies and the foo-foos, the well-to-do, that maybe look at a church, what do they have to offer? So it can maybe have you kind of back off. Leave them alone. But yesterday, because when we pass down the street, we look at apartments. Mm, not going to let you in there. Not going to let you in here. Well, yesterday, they, they had the, uh, the men's retreat. And I thought it was at 1.30. It started at 1 o'clock. But I was here coming on 34th at about 1 o'clock. 
something told me to pull into these apartments. And I pulled in. So that's why I was late. I pulled in, walked in. The lady, I said, huh, can I leave flyers over here? And she said, yes, come on, sit down. So now she's opening the door. Okay, so I sit down and we start talking. And uh, I said, our church is just right down the street. And she said, I, I live here, and I didn't know it was a 55 and over, but that's okay. They need church, too. And she said that uh, she goes to a Catholic church right behind her, and she didn't know where this, this church was. So I said, oh, okay. Do they have a Bible study over here? Or She said, oh, yes. So she gives me a calendar. So I'm sitting down. I'm trying to see where I can fit our church in or somebody to get over there. So I said, well, how will I, would y'all be open to another Bible study, maybe twice a week? She said, well, come back and talk to the manager. So the point of just making is sometimes we're afraid because of what we, what we see, but all things are possible through God. And he'll, he'll open that door and, and, Sometimes there are things right in front of us. And if we're operating spiritually with Jesus Christ, all reconciliation is possible. So, where where does our most need take us to meet that someone that's empty, that someone that's searching, that someone that's desperate, and has many more around him in the same boat, like the Samaritan woman. When she darted off, now all of a sudden, and this is a lady of strange character. You see her running around, jumping up and down, saying, I met the Messiah. It attracted other people. And that's the same as what can happen with us. So, because sometimes all the people need it's to follow that leader. That's the same thing gangs create. They find somebody and they follow that leader. Drugs and alcohol, one person is doing it, the other ones follow. You might get one. And then that one might bring another if we just give it a chance. And that must need to go. Then what's in our well? We all dig figurative wells all over the place that would never truly satisfy us. Our careers, our friendship, our families, our next vacation, our wealth, whatever experience that gives us a high. And, and yes, that high is not just the ones that's out there. We get that emotional high, too, that instant gratification. He that loveth silver will not be satisfied with silver, Ecclesiastes 5.10. It leaves us thirsty for more stuff, and we dig, and we drink, and we dig, and we drink. Jeremiah says in 2.13, we have forsaken the fountain of living water, and dug up cracked cisterns that cannot hold water. 
So are we living independently from God? Are we filling our well up with stuff that is empty, vanity, that happiness that we can never seek, that happiness that comes and goes, that joy we seek that never stays, or that puzzle of life that we can never figure out enough Though we achieve a lot of things, pleasure of the flesh, the accumulation of wealth. The third is, what should be in our well? Oh, I know. <laughs> yeah, because I was getting ready to chase a rabbit, so that put me back on my page. <laughs> uh, yeah, what should be in our well? Not a well that pours out bitter and sweet water, James 3.11. But this is a verse that I, I caught on to years and years ago when I wasn't in a real good place. It's 2 Chronicles 16.9. When the eyes of the Lord goes to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong, in behalf of those whose hearts are perfect towards him. Showing himself strong by the strong concordance to fasten on to, to lock on, to be there for you. In behalf of them whose hearts is perfect towards him, whose heart is full and complete towards him. So, if God is going to be locked onto us and our heart needs to be complete towards him, if our well is bitter and sweet water coming out of it, then we have to ask God to search our heart and see if there's any wicked ways in it, in our well of life. Psalms 139 verse 23, that is full of empty stuff. We need a circumcision of the heart, Romans 2.29, a change of condition, separating ourselves unto God. We need a clean heart, like David asks in Psalms 51.10. We need a pure heart, so we will see God, Matthew 5.8. Then we need a new heart, Ezekiel 36.26. So we can have a well of water springing up into eternal life, John 4, 14. Now, the person who led me to Christ, God showed himself strong in his behalf. His heart was perfect towards him, that he could share that living water with me. But in closing... If we pay close attention, we'll see God working around us. We can discover ministries, opportunities right before our eyes. If our heart is bent towards him, he working on our behalf. And that river of living water that flows out of our bellies, that water that flows from deep within, John 7, 38, or the garden springs, a well of flowing water streaming from Lebanon, Songs of Solomon 4, 15, or the wells of salvation, 
the flowing spring water that never dries up, Isaiah 12, 3. If we have that, then we need to get busy with our must-needs go. Pastor Hudson in his, in his message was talking about opportunities, and I'm listening to the message, but I'm writing down little notes on my message. Over and over and over, there were so many of them about opportunities. And then I just thought, or the Lord just brought to my attention, your message is your message. Don't go and, and change it because you just heard something new. You can add it in somewhere, like I am at the end here. But Pastor Hudson was talking about opportunities. And this is what I was trying to bring also. What's in our will? What are we doing with it? Is it just stuff we have built up in here? Or are we trying to do the work and share that living water? To our, to our church, to the community, to this lost world? And if you're here without that living water, if you're here without that that good water, you are the ones that we must need go to tell you about that good water, that eternal water that will never dry up, the water that's moment by moment, day by day, you can have access to, that living water that only Jesus Christ can give you, as he did the woman in the well, and as he did me. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you. Uh, I just pray that this this message just resonated on, on our hearts and, and, and what's our, what's inside of our will is that eternal water that's flowing, or is it just the bittersweet water? Lord, help us to share that that living water that you've given us. We can share it with the community, with the world, with our neighbors, and here at our church plenty of opportunities that we can have, but just strengthen us, Lord, to, to give us the courage and the boldness to break this, this prejudice or racial divide of, of this neighborhood or just in our hearts. Help us to see the needs for people. We thank you, Lord, and we pray. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.